Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace, once again joined by Blake Whitlow, the author of The Awesome Spawn Reading Order. You can find a link in the show notes and you can follow along, know what we're going to read next. Uh, as I have said on previous episodes, I decided to incorporate some of the one shots and the other series and the minis and whatnot to get a better understanding of Spawn. Uh, as opposed to just doing the regular series, but we are going to keep doing just a regular series, one issue per episode, unlike the other stuff where I'll uh, throw in multiples or do a whole series or a whole mini in one episode. I won't, we won't dive in as deep, uh, but just to give context. And if there's anything that happens in a series or a one shot that's referenced in the main series or talked about or heavily impacts, then obviously we'll, we'll mention that, but you won't need to read absolutely everything or follow along, but you're more than welcome to, if you want. So uh, with that being said, we're going to talk about issue 53 today in this episode. This is an interesting one. It finishes up Spawn's recent trip through hell, I guess you'd say second half of issue 50 Issue 51, issue 52, which we've talked about previously. Now issue 53 uh, finishes it off. So uh, let me go ahead and share my screen, show you guys what we're looking at here. Uh, that's 54. There we go. 53. Uh, another really cool looking Capullo cover, McFarlane on inks. You see the Brian down there. That's Brian Haberlin, the color artist. Malbolgia, obviously. Big and bad spawns there. Wanda as well. And if you're wondering what, how can Wanda be in hell? Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. So pretty cool cover. Uh, I'll take a look at the credits inside written by Todd McFarlane or story by him anyways, the way it's credited. Pencils by Greg Capullo. Inks by McFarlane and Danny Mickey. Copy editor and letters, letters as always, by Tom Orzakowski, and colors by Brian Haberlin with Dan Kemp. Now, we do get a, a review of 52, and it's interesting that it starts off talking about the shoelace that Cyan found and is using as uh, kind of a necklace, if you will. That's talked about first, as well as the mysterious recovery from cancer for Terry. Uh, and then it talks about Spawn being in the fifth level of hell. And supposedly he's the returning king and savior. They thought Savage Dragon was because he showed up before. There's a fight. Savage Dragon loses. Spawn then says, hey, uh, you can't kill him just for losing. That's poor. Uh, you know, that's impolite, I guess you'd say. He, he goes... Um, he doesn't deserve to die. And then apparently that means Spawn doesn't deserve to be their king and savior. He's a he's an imposter as well. And so they go to crucify both of them when all of a sudden they, they disappear. So the fact that in the summary, they mention the stuff that's happening back on Earth, to me, makes it feel like the story. And this is what I kind of felt like when I was reading it. I don't know that I mentioned it when we talked about it, but the whole idea of him being in hell yeah that feels kind of important but the fact that he goes to the fifth level and he's hailed as some king and savior returning messiah prophet whatever you want to call it it seems so forced and not really that important and more like an excuse for mcfarlane and eric larson to have a crossover and have their characters fight each other 
Because really, I think the only long-lasting consequence of it is the mark that he gets, um, which is an interesting aspect of the story because it very much is the Spawn logo that we see. But I don't know. Otherwise, everything else that happened in that second issue, when I say second issue, like second issue of the arc while he's in hell, mm-hmm. feels very like throwaway. I don't know. What do you think, Blake? Uh, I don't think it's necessarily throwaway. There, there are references in the future to uh, Savage Dragon um, being in hell <clears throat> with Spawn at the at the same time. There's uh, not a whole lot outside of that, but I don't know. It it provides a certain kind of context for uh the denizens of hell you see another aspect to what life in hell is like um you know there there's more than just generic evil demons doing evil things you can see that there's actually like a whole societal structure with these goblinoid monster creatures that has nothing to do with like this overarching idea that oh everything in hell is trying to like take over earth and kill people in heaven and that that just isn't there for these guys so i don't know it's kind of a little bit of interesting world building whether intentional or not it it shows that there's more dimensions to what is normally written off as just generic evil one-dimensional thing there's actually like a whole societal structure there there's manipulative manipulative leaders that are taking advantage of their citizens and i don't know it's i i enjoyed the issue uh quite a bit but i can also see where you're coming from too where the the plot seemed a little forced yeah, <laughs> to, yeah to no it's a good it, it, characters together yeah it's a good point because we've said all along as we've been covering the issues that just because you go to heaven doesn't mean you're good just because you go to hell doesn't mean you're bad so yeah, it's a good it's a good point to point out kind of the you know they are in a way not so different from people that are hanging around on earth waiting for Jesus to come back, you know. So uh, anyway, let's dive into issue uh 53 here. We see the three the three changes that uh Spawn has undergone while he's been in hell and Malbolgia will reference him again later on in the issue. His face has been ripped off. Uh, he looks more demonic than ever. His heart, for what that's worth, you know, it's just a, it, it looks like a heart in terms of, you know, a human heart in terms of structure and size. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just a pile of necroplasm made to look <laughs> that way. Uh, and then the the symbol, the spawn symbol, which has been branded onto his chest. Um, and again, these are, are shown. It's talk, it talks about the abyss. Um, you know, the darkness and sin and, you know, the, a lot of the traditional tropes that you would talk about in hell. And then we get a little psychedelic here on the second page with some, I don't know, overexposed art here. Uh, and it, it's I, I kind of get the impression this is Al Simmons being moved from that fifth le- uh, level of hell to the, the final the final level where he uh, where he was born, it even says he's being returned to his demonic birthplace, the place where he was cursed, the place where he died, the place where he made his deal. All, all these references to um, level nine, which is Malbolgia's domain. And, 
you can see how large Malbolgia is, um, the way that uh, Capullo depicts him here. Now, you, you know, he's always been kind of large, but when we saw him in uh, early issues, you know, when he showed up, when Violator and Spawn were uh, fighting in the alleys, he wasn't near this big. And, and part of it's the perspective. He's up on that spire looking down. You see Spawn all the way at the bottom in that kind of pool of lava and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's clear that Malbolgia can be whatever size he wants. It's a place where he, he rules. Um, but it, it, it is interesting that he, they depict him as, as so large and, and powerful. So as Spawn is there looking up at Malboja, who shows up, but yet another Spawn. And we know we've seen this in previous issues that, uh, Billy Kincaid was bonded with the symbiote. He's become a Spawn and, uh, he confronts Al Simmons. And I love the fact that Al Simmons like dispatches him pretty easily. Like Billy jumps at him. Al just cuts his head off. Like, now nah, you're done, B. See you later. You know, uh, was this really a test at all? You know, it's talking about how uh, he, he gets disemboweled in seconds and Spawn has passed the tests. And I mean, was that really a test? I mean, the, I think the next thing that happens is much more of a test. As we saw on the cover with Wanda there, there, there is a, a version of Wanda that shows up and Al is shocked. Maybe it's the tiny bikini she's wearing. You wouldn't think he would be so shocked. You wouldn't think he would necessarily buy into this even being Wanda. I never for a split second thought it was Wanda, but, you know, maybe, like I said, he's distracted by the bikini or the fact that uh, he's been deprived. He's like a prisoner, you know, somebody who's been in prison for so long. He finally sees a female body and he's like blinded by it. Uh, and he says, oh, how, how can this be? And she says something about being so devastated over the loss of him and missing him so much that she committed suicide. And so, uh, you know, now he's there or now she's there and they can be together. And, uh, you know, he's, you see that, that grimace on Spawn's face on the bottom of the page there where he's like, Oh, I never meant for this to happen. It's really overwrought and kind of, again, obvious to me anyway, that it's not Wanda. And, and you would think it would be obvious to Al Simmons as well. When, more Wanda's show up and all of a sudden he's got a harem of Wanda's, you know, like l latching onto him, licking his gauntlets, whatnot, and uh, kind of fighting over him in a lot of ways. Uh, and he just lets it happen. Uh, not that dissimilar from when he, when he first got sent to hell and he was going to let all the Nectar, uh, kind of dog looking creatures just eat him. Um, but just like then, now he sort of snaps out of it when he realizes, hey, these creatures are not actually Wanda. They're actually pretty, pretty horrific. And it kind of reminds me, I mean, this is a trope we've seen in hundreds of movies, right? Where it's beautiful women and the guys are uh, kind of blinded by the beauty. What? Whether it's Dracula or various pirate movies with sirens or whatnot, and species. then what, what's that? Species that that whole franchise oh, yeah. Yeah. is just yeah. look at hot girl, hot girl actually monster. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so once he realizes that, he's he's uh, he says enough. Now, I will uh, make note. I will point out that in that panel where he says enough, the panel in the bottom there. 
he has actually tears. He he actually can cry, which again, not a real human body. It's made out of necroplasm, but apparently Al Simmons knows enough to make give himself tear ducts. He's actually crying here. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But anyway, he makes short work of these demonic uh, doppelgangers that uh, appear to be like Wanda, stabs them, whatever, he screams out, I've suffered enough. If Malvolja wants to go to war, I'll give it to him. I don't care anymore. Send your puppets, send them all. Um, I'll be vicious. I'll be evil. This is going to end. And uh, once again, notice that we get um, going kind of diagonally towards the bottom of the page there. We get the visage of his face. We get the heart and we get the uh, the mark again. So it's it's pretty clear. Again, uh, McFarland's not being subtle here when he's showing us the changes that have happened while Spawn has been in hell. So he confronts Malbolgia and he says, okay, now it's your turn. I'm, you know, I'm going to take you out. And Malbolgia is like, calm down, dude. Like, you know, you're, you're my servant. I don't know what you think you're doing, but, uh, you know, show me some respect child. Uh, and Spawn's like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Um, I I'm taking you out. And Melbourne's just like, all right, go, go ahead. He says, Oh, I, I, I intend to. And he, he jumps up at him and, uh, you know, Malbolgia, he, he's at such a higher level than Spawn um, that it's kind of it's kind of funny. And I I wonder if this is why McFarland does it this way, because Spawn is, you know, blathering on about I won't be your slave. You don't scare me, blah, blah, blah. And Malbolgia just laughs. And when he looks down at, you know, the, the place where Spawn is. Now Spawn is is even smaller than he was before, and he's on Malbolgia's nipple of all of all things, right? Like of how inconsequential are you that you're you're on Spawn's nipple? So we get this double page spread, or Malbolgia's nipple rather. We get this double page spread with Malbolgia spread out there like a scene from Playgirl or something, and you get you know little circles zooming in, and there's Spawn just chilling on this cliff that's actually Malbolge's nipple and Malbolge's saying he, he notice what he calls spawn here. He calls him a machine machines like you are very rare. You're built with just the right wiring. You could have been an instrument in God's elite. Instead you pimped yourself out and you, you allowed others to trigger your senses, manipulate your logic. You became a hitman basically, right? It's not about good or evil. Those are concepts created by people with limited minds, um, you know, just like this version of hell that surrounds you. Again, he's, he's being completely manipulated. He's not anywhere near on the same level of power of Malbolgia. Uh, but yet, in a way, you can think of it as foolish. In a way, you can think of it as heroic that he, that he keeps fighting. So Malbolgia is like, you know, I, I can... I can appear in whatever way I want. He transforms he's like an insect. He's like a dog. And then he's this much more angelic looking person. He talks about the inconsequence, uh, inconsequential nature of sin or evil and how they're all just, it's all a matter of perspective. They're all just different forms. Um, 
so again he's he's trying to educate spawn but at the same time he's trying to he's trying to manipulate manipulate him and i think that al simmons is more wary of that now you know he's probably when he first met malbolgia you know fresh off being killed it was much easier for malbolgia to kind of spout this philosophical stuff and kind of pull the wool over simmons eyes but now he, he is a little more wise um and so spawn's like well take my soul to do do whatever you want just leave my wife alone she's not a part of this and malbolgia reminds him what uh, she is a part of this and don't forget i already have your soul you already bargained that away so you have nothing left to barter and i do like that that without hesitation al simmons is like well yeah i do my loyalty right like i'm fighting against you i'm actively trying to resist you, you don't control me um you know what i have your power and i have this costume but you still don't control me i still you know do what i want to, to some extent anyway and malbolge is just like listen worm you're nothing you know you're you're you only were reborn because i wanted you to i let you come back so you want to convince yourself that you're free you know that's on you but your you know your emotions are mine jason win you know he manipulated you and now i'm manipulating you so it, it's kind of interesting because Spawn does offer him his loyalty and Melbourne's just like, you know, you're not free. I already control you. But in the end, he does agree to what Spawn's asking. So it's like, what's true? Is, is he, is he just giving Spawn what he thinks? Just giving Al Simmons what, what he thinks he wants and he never was free or is, was Al Simmons closer to the truth than he realized by saying, you know, I'm not your, I'm not your slave, but Malbolge, as he's, as he's holding them, he does say, I've given you more tools. And uh, we get a little editor's note that says, see the last three issues. And that's where we're shown there. The three images along the side, visage of death, black heart of death and the mark. Uh, And so then Malbolge returns him, returns him back to, uh, to earth, which is really interesting. Um, Basically saying, Hey, I still need you to go out there and recruit do your evil stuff. Um, and yeah, fine. And now I have your loyalty and your servitude. So be my executor, do my work. Um, and I promise to leave your wife untouched pure, but I don't know why you'd ever, you know, believe that Malbolgia would really leave, uh, leave Wanda alone. Uh, so as Al Simmons returns to earth, he also shows up in Terry's dream um and that it's at this moment that i think terry truly 100 percent accepts the fact that spawn and al simmons are one and the same and uh and al's not dead as he sits up in bed saying al you're alive and that's how the uh the issue ends so um yeah i think the the aspect of it that's most interesting to me is yeah the fact that yes al made the deal and gave up his soul. And Malbolgia, he, he purports to have Spawn under his thumb, but I really don't think he, he does. And I don't know what kind of binding arrangement there is now that Al Simmons has said, hey, leave my wife alone. I'll give you my loyalty. I mean, it's not like he signed a contract or anything. So I wonder mm-hmm. what kind of 
what kind of consequences that will have, if any? It's uh, it's kind of interesting because um, what you're saying is right. You know, Mel is just like, you know, I won't touch her. I think it's it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, I'll throw you a bone. It's like you, you're, you're asking for small chump change right now in the grand scheme of things. Mel is thinking cosmic balance of good versus evil, you know, some pretty heavy, heady stuff. And then he's got one of his, you know, one of his soldiers who's acting out like, leave my girlfriend out of this. And it's like, yeah, she was kind of already not like a crucial part of my plan anyway. So it's like, sure, I'll, I'll give you that one thing. You know, so so I think he's he's just like, okay, cool. I can cut this entire thing out of my plan. It's not really going to affect anything in the grand scheme of things. And supposedly this guy is gonna start actually listening to what I'm telling him to do now. So, you know, it's uh I don't think it affects Malbolgia one way or the other, whether or not Wanda is or isn't involved. She's a motivator for Al and that's all she is to Malbolgia. So, yeah, but it, it, it certainly seems like, I mean, Malbolgia has been this kind of shadowy figure in term, you know, in, in Spawn's life. And supposedly he has this power and this ability to control. And certainly he does have a lot of power. I don't know that we, at this point in the series, really have an, a good understanding of, of the rules of what Malbolgia is allowed to do or not do. But he, here's the thing. It's like, yeah, Spawn makes his own choices. Malbolgia is kind of banking on the fact that Al Simmons has the potential for evil and allowing him to be on Earth is going to swell Malbolgia's ranks. But Mal- Malbolgia's made the threat of, hey, don't use up all your power. Once you do, you'll come back to hell for good. You'll be dead for good and you'll become a general in my army. Well, not that Al used up all his power, but he, he used his power after Cogliostro warned him not to, telling him he would go to hell. And now he's gone to hell. He's journeyed through. He's been tested by Malbolgia in various ways. I, you know, I don't think that Al's aware that he was being tested. But it seems like that, oh, if you get returned to hell, in a way, is an empty threat now because Al's gone to hell and Malbolgia restored him. So what's to say that he wouldn't do it again? I mean, maybe it would be different if he had used up all his power. Maybe Malbolgia only returns him because he still has power left on his counter. But I don't know. It feels like in this interaction between Al and Malbolgia, Malbolgia comes across as not necessarily less powerful, but less in control of of al which is what al was saying which is why he was offering his loyalty but all of a sudden the the threat of oh if i use my powers i might go to hell or i you know i'm a slave to malbolgia those things seem less like they have less uh consequence now you know you know understand what i'm getting at i think so yeah the rules are never fully stated in a concrete way um And a lot of the time, what ends up happening is the rules change. More information is learned. And like you're saying here, it seems now like it's not 
completely within Mel Bolsh's control. Like if Al Simmons were completely under the thumb of Mel Bolsha, why would he make him in such a way that would, you know, allow Al to be disloyal? So it seems like whatever part of Al's soul is inside of this necroplasmic body uh it still has enough free will to make choices and to disobey and for whatever reason mel Bolgia doesn't have that he's still messing with spawn he's giving off the illusion that you know i'm all powerful here's some more mind games and then you know grows to the size of godzilla and then shrinks back down changes his form you know like like those are all mind games because we've not seen someone at that power level before in the series so it's like how how is spawn supposed to defeat someone like that how are we going to get from where spawn is now to you know hopefully one day going toe to toe with him because that's the hope, right? You know, you'd hope that Al would, you know, break his chains of Malbolgia and he's made it no secret that he wants to kill Malbolgia. So it's like, what, what can he do? And, you know, this is just the first step in, in a journey. Now Al has a far better understanding of, you know, who Malbolgia is, where he's coming from, some of his capabilities and uh, some of the head games. I mean, everything that Malbolgia does in regards to Spawn is a head game. It's always some kind of hidden information, a manipulation tactic. There's never clear answers if Malbolgia is involved because he he's such he's such a liar. <laughs> he's a yeah. deceiver. Yeah. hundred percent. You never know what, what's the truth with him. And, you know, I, I imagine that we'll see these, I mean, it almost seems like he manipulated events to, to get Al back into hell. So he could give him these three things that he wanted him to have these tools, as he calls them, the mm-hmm. visage of death, the black heart of death and, and the mark. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I sort of feel like, in terms of the visage of death, that was just Todd McFarlane going, you know, we've kind of had him looking like he's looked for a while. Uh, I think we need to make him look a little more vicious. Let's, you know, rip his face off so you can see his exposed teeth. Mm-hmm. Maybe the popularity of Venom uh, rearing its head there. But overall, the art and the issues pretty solid. Um Capullo gets to cut loose with Malbolgia. I mean, this is the most we've seen Malbolgia in any any Spawn comic up to this point. So um, the backgrounds are a little light, but I won't uh, I won't quibble about that because he gives us so much detail in, in all the figure work and whatnot. So I don't necessarily mind that the backgrounds are a little light. I mean, it is hell. I don't know what you're going to draw, a bunch of spires or whatever. So I guess maybe that's part of the reason it is so detailed in the foregrounds because uh, he knew he didn't have to spend much time on the backgrounds. A lot of computerized coloring in the backgrounds as well. So, Uh, okay. Anything else to add about this issue before we uh, call it good, Blake? Uh, Yeah. Uh, One other thing. What were your thoughts on the return of Billy Kincaid? 
you know, Billy Kincaid is one of those characters. He he's a real cartoon character. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we talked about him in the, the initial episode where we covered him again, no subtlety from Todd McFarlane whatsoever in that character, no mm-hmm. redeeming qualities out and outs, you know, serial killer. Very uh, one dimensional. Yeah. Very one dimensional. So uh, I don't know if, if, I mean, it was for a split second, like, Oh, Billy Kincaid, you know, nice to see him. Oh, no, wait, no, I guess not. Well, at least it's somebody I know, at least McFarland's carrying that through. Will he continue to show up? I guess is my question. Obviously I don't, we don't want to spoil it, but yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see him. It was even more satisfying to see Al just with a flick of the wrist, you know, not even break a sweat and chop his head off. Even, even with the power of a hell spawn, Billy Kincaid is still a no match for spawn. So that was nice to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I got for this one. <laughs> all right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out all our other content, either on the YouTube channel or on your favorite podcasting platform or app. Just do a search for The Comic Source and you'll find us. So thanks for listening as always, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find The Comic Source podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.